to thank you for joining us this evening. You're listening to Sunday Morning Live. That is SML Inside the Pages with me, Pastor Carl Henderson, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. That is Pomona, California. Today is August, August 31st, 2021, and God has been good to all of us. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m., Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m., and Thursday's Acts of the Holy Ghost. We believe the Bible is the Word of God. Therefore, we are faithful, we are bold, we are the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the Word of God. If you haven't heard, I want to let you know that, that we're inside the pages, the book of Revelation, learning, experiencing, and finding about grace and mercy. If you need some grace, if you need some mercy, you need a blessing from the Lord, the Bible says right there in that third verse of the first chapter of Revelation, blessed is he that readeth and heareth and keepeth the testimonies of this prophecy. So again, I want to encourage you to join in with us on Sunday morning as we're in the book of Revelation and encourage someone else to join in and listen and learn. We're breaking it down bit by bit. We're not sugarcoating it. There's nothing to hide. We're not fluffing it up. But we're going to tell it like it is because that's the only way that God would have it be done. He said, know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's what you want. You want the truth. We'll be back right after this. I think we'll be back sooner than that. Listen, we'll come back to that. And so... all right you know I went over and made sure because I always I take it personally to come in and check 
and to make sure that all the audio and everything is well taken care of, all the microphones is checked, I go over everything before the service, hours before the service starts. And so we'll just bypass that for this evening. We'll come back to it. The name of that song is God Only Knows. And he does know. Now, one thing about him knowing is that some like to use that as an excuse that God only knows. He only knows me. He knows just what, what's happening with me and, you know, and all of those different things. But I want you to be mindful that no matter what we think, we need to, you need to know what God is thinking about you as well. We're going to go into, we're coming to the end of uh, Ezekiel. We're in the 48th chapter. And so we're going to go on into the word of God and uh, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you for your goodness and grace. We honor you, Lord God, for your mercy, Lord, for how you have blessed us throughout this day, how you have watched over and kept us. Lord God, we honor you, Lord God, for your word is true. Lord Jesus, your spirit is true. Lord God, you have uh, honored us by blowing breath into these bodies, Lord God, so that we can live and know exactly, Lord God, what your will is, that we can bless you and praise you throughout this day. Lord God, we honor you, Lord God, for blessing us, giving us a reasonable amount of strength, a reasonable portion of health, Lord God, and with the breath that we have and with the ability that you have given us, we want to say thank you. Thank you for waking us up. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord God, for your mercy, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for what you have done for us, Lord. Lord Jesus, we're not coming to ask that you would give us houses, land, Lord God. You know the need of every individual, Lord God. Lord Jesus, and you know what is needed most. Lord God, I pray and ask that you bless us with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Lord God, so that we can thrive both naturally and spiritually. We ask these blessings in the mighty name of Jesus. We'll be careful to give your name the praise and to give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to remind you on this Sunday is the first. We'll be going into September, the first Sunday of September. Uh, it's a fast day. Uh, I want you to asking that everyone would fast and you, uh, fast, drink plenty of water, but don't eat no food. Seek the Lord that day. And we're seeking him for just what I mentioned a moment ago, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. If you have wisdom, if you have, if you use wisdom, if you use knowledge, and if you have a good understanding, it will make a difference in your life. The Bible tells us that Saul, excuse me, that's, uh, that um, Solomon, Solomon, uh, the Lord visited Solomon and he asked Solomon, what did you want? And Solomon, I'm paraphrasing, but Solomon said, your people are great. Uh, give me wisdom. Let teach me how to go in and out among your people. 
and so that I might lead them in the right way. And the Lord told him, said, well, you could have asked for riches. You could have asked for a number of things, but you didn't. And because you asked for wisdom and you didn't ask for greed, you wasn't that he blessed him with those things anyhow. Now, I'm not saying to ask God for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that you might be blessed with those things anyhow. I'm just uh, just being for real, that if you practice wisdom, if you get knowledge and a clear understanding, you're going to have success, period. And so that's why, you know, I try to encourage others, don't, don't, you can have a million dollars. There's many people that have won the lottery and they're broke today. There's athletes that have had, became multimillionaires and they're broke today because they didn't have wisdom. They did not have knowledge. They did not have understanding. So we're going into the word of God and just want to remind you again, the fast on Sunday, the fast is from six, from midnight, from midnight, uh, Sunday morning, up 12.01, through a Sunday, 3 o'clock. Your Sunday, 3 o'clock, fast and seek the Lord. Let it be a great day of, of honor unto the Lord. Well, the Bible tells us in the 48th chapter of Exodus, and we're going to, if the Lord say the same, we're going to conclude this, and then we're going into... Uh, the book of Daniel. We're going to go into the book of Daniel and begin teaching from there. But as what the Bible tells us, and I'm not going to read every verse of this chapter either, um, because you can do that. Uh, I'm going to talk about what I'm going to talk about, and you can. But the Bible said, now these are the names of the tribes from the north end of the coast of the way of Hethlon, as one go up to Hamath, Hazarin, the borders of Damascus, northward to the coast of Hamath, for these are his sides, east and west. A portion for Dan. And by the borders of Dan, from the east side unto the west side, a portion for Asher. And by the borders of Asher, uh, from the east side, even unto the west side, a portion of Naphtali. And by the border of Naphtali, from the east side unto the west side, a portion for Manasseh. And by the borders of Manasseh, from the east side unto the west side, a portion for Ephraim. And by the border of Ephraim, from the east side unto the west side, a portion for Reuben. And by the borders of Reuben, from the east side unto the west side, a portion for Judah. And by the borders of Judah, from the east side unto the west side, shall be the offering which ye shall offer of five and twenty thousand reeds in breadth, and in the length as one of the other parts from the east side unto the west side and the sanctuary shall be in the midst of it. There's something that is 
different year than throughout the entire book of Ezekiel. We'll begin reading and Ezekiel has a vision. He's already a minister, but now he is seeing a vision and God is instructing him. God tells him that the children of Israel is hard, stiff-necked, uh, rebellious, not willing to do what God had called them to do, and that is to be a peculiar people. The Bible says we are a peculiar people. At least we should be a peculiar people. Not the same as everyone else. Matter of fact, uh, the, it says that, um, uh, that uh, the city, the sanctuary shall be in the midst of, the, of everyone. And that sanctuary is filled with peculiar people. People that's not like everyone else. That's what got Israel in trouble. They wanted to be like everyone else. If you recall, God delivered them. They came out from Egypt, which is a, a symbol of the world. And the world was chasing after them. So don't, don't think it's strange when you commit yourself unto the Lord uh, that the world start chasing after you. Uh, brothers don't think it's strange, but don't take advantage of it either. Sisters, don't, don't get carried away. Uh, some folks say, oh, I'm all that. All of a sudden you think you all that because the devil has sent his servants after you. Uh, don't get caught up and beside yourself in thinking that you all that fine. You're not. You're about to get played if you don't realize what's going on. And so the enemy came after them. And they cried out unto the Lord. And the Lord brought them through the Red Sea. The Bible said that his nostrils caused the water, a blast from his nostrils caused the waters to stand up and congeal. Well, that water stood up and congealed long enough for Israel to pass through. Now, there's been many that have said, gave excuses and the reason why people were able to pass through the Red Sea. Someone said it was just no, no larger. The water was no deeper than the ankles. It, it's, it still stood up and congealed. At the end, when Israel had passed over, the water was still great enough to drown Pharaoh and his army. So no matter how you try to, no matter how people try to spin it, the sovereign actions of God still travailed. And so uh, they came across singing. Miriam picked up a tambourine and began to play one of the greatest hits and to magnify God and to lead uh, the, her group. And I don't know how large her group was, but everybody caught the groove and began to sing and to magnify God. 
Well, Israel experienced that. They were considered a peculiar people because God did great things for them. Great things sent food for them, sent cake for them, sent bread, uh, gave them water out of a rock. And, and so they, uh, they, were, they had things that was going on and happening in their lives that other gods, the gods of Pharaoh, the gods of other nations, could not do and did not do. There were people that heard about the great power of God and how he delivered their enemy into Israel's hands and they sided with Israel, decided I'm going to go and live with those people. I'm going, I've heard how great their God is, how mighty their God is. Have you told anyone how great your God is? Have you told anyone how powerful God is? I had a, a, a conversation with a young man, actually it was a relative, on the other day, and I, I reminded him how great God is. You know, God is so great that he'll tell us to walk before him and be perfect. Because he knows that his word has gone forth and given us that order, and therefore we can do it. We just got to abide in his word. He said, if my word abide in you, uh, and you abide in me, you can ask what you will, and it shall be given. You know, when we think about how great God is and what God has done for us, it changes our prayer life. It changes our desire and the, thing that, the things that we will ask of God. And so the Bible says that, uh, that there was a sanctuary in the midst of it. A midst of the people that was just the tribes of Israel. And so there are multiple tribes that as you read through the 48th chapter, the tribe of Dan, Ager, and, uh, and, and Ephraim, and, and Reuben, and Judah, and Benjamin, Simeon, Zebulon, Manasseh, Gad, they're all there, listed out with portions that God has assigned for them. Don't you know that there is a portion that has been assigned for you? But you've got to be there in order to receive it. The 10th verse says, and for them even for the priests shall be this holy oblation. It's going to be an offering. Toward the north, five and twenty thousand in length, and toward the west, ten thousand in breadth, and toward the east, ten thousand in breadth, and toward the south, five and twenty thousand in length. And the sanctuary of the Lord shall be in the midst of it. The sanctuary of the Lord, the holy place, the place where God abides. The place that some have said, you don't have to go there in order to know God. I beg to differ that you do have to go to the place where God is at in order to get to know him. The Bible says it shall be for the priests that are sanctified of the sons of Zola, which have kept my charge. You need to underline that. They kept 
the charge of the Lord. They kept the charge of the Lord, which uh, they did not go astray when the children of Israel went astray. As the Levites went astray, there were those that looked and said, look, look man, you could, I advise you not to do it. This is, uh, I'm just imagining in my mind that somebody being a good neighbor uh, is telling someone else, man, don't do that. Don't go down that road. Uh, telling a friend, girl, don't you don't want to do that. Don't mess up. Don't get out the will of God. But they went on anyway. Because your friend does it, don't mean that you have to do it. As I said, I was speaking with a, a relative the other day, and and we were talking about the Lord, talking about the fact that God. Uh, and and I was so glad because he's the one that drove the conversation. Uh, that, you know, uh, that someone had told him, when you go to church, look for the Lord. And, and that's true. You do. You look for the Lord. And he said, I'm looking out the window while I'm sitting in service, just imagining the Lord coming and seeing him come. And, and you know, and, and he went on to tell me about a sermon that was preached about uh, I'm only human. And so I, I told him, I, I said, you know, you need to make ready for the coming of the Lord. Because if you see him come, it means you got left behind. Because the Bible says that we'll be caught up in the moment and the twinkling of an eye that we shall be changed. So if you see him coming, there's a problem. And uh, how are you spending so much attention looking out the window when you're supposed to be focusing on Jesus. You ought to be praying, Lord, bless that preacher. Yeah. That includes me. To preach your word so that we can live, so that we can be washed, so that we can be made whole. He said, well, you know, I'll do my best. And I had to tell him that your best is not good enough. Now, I know there are those that believe that if I do my best, God will do the rest. But again, I am telling you tonight that if God has told you what to do, you can't say I'm going to do my best and leave any portion undone. Remember, there were five that was wise and there was five that thought they had did their best but their best was not good enough. There are those that kept the charge of the Lord. And there were those that went astray. I believe if you was to talk to some of them that went astray, they would say, I did my best, but then I got tired. You know, one of the things about when you say I've done my best, you leave room for air. Uh-huh. You leave an avenue open. So that when you get tired of doing your best, then that avenue allows you to venture into other areas. But when you keep the charge, when you commit it, when you keep, when you repent, and you know, after a while you get tired of being tired of being tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you say, I'm not going to do that anymore. 
I'm going to do what is right. And therefore, I'm going to keep the charge. And I'm not going to venture off. I'm not going to be mischievous. I'm not going to do things that I know is going to offend God. I'm not going to do things I know that is not only going to offend God, but is going to offend those that are close to me, those that mean the most to me. I'm not going to do that. And so he goes on to say the oblation of the land that is offered shall be unto them a thing most holy by the borders of the Levites. God has a portion that's set aside for each of us. Will you be there to get it? Will you be there? You know, there, there are a lot of things that are going on in, in this day and time that we live in, you know, modern love, modern family, modern society. Modern, this, but Ezekiel is seeing uh, a modern city, something that he has never seen before. The Bible tells us that uh, the priests that kept the commandments of the Lord are going to be there. And they're going to serve the Lord. If you recall, when you go back into the 47th chapter, uh, the Bible plainly says that, that those that kept the charge of the Lord are going to be able to come into his presence. Letting that marinate for a moment. You want to be able to come into his presence. There were those that did not ministers, people that did not keep the charge of the Lord, and they had to stand on the outside. They could not come into his presence. And so the Bible says in the 13th verse that, uh, uh, that the Levites, uh, over against the border of the priests, the Levites shall have. They're going to have something because God has reserved it for in the 14 chapter, 14 verses, and they shall not sell it. They're going to value it. What do you value most this evening? Do you value your soul salvation? Or maybe you might be saying, well, you know what, pastor, you, you're not preaching enough about about blessings. You're not, pre Pastor, you're not preaching enough about naming and claiming it. You're not preaching enough about, uh, about me uh, taking back what the devil stole from me. Pastor, you're not preaching enough about uh, uh, prophesying enough uh, that, that, uh, that I'm going to get it. I I'm going to, I'm in seven days, it's going to be in my mailbox. You're not, you're not laying hands on me and telling me how blessed I'm going to be. Listen, does any of that matter? The Bible said, what, what is it if a man gains the whole world and loses his soul? I'm not against those things. Matter of fact, we do re receive prophetic word here. But that's not the focus. The focus is your soul, which is the most valuable thing that you have. And so the Bible said they shall not sell it. 
neither exchange it. Thank you, Jesus. Are you exchanging what God has given you for something that's being offered? It looks good, smells good, feels good. You want to see if it tastes good. The Bible said, nor alienate the first fruits of the land, for it is holy unto the Lord. We need to get that into our spirit, that it is holy unto the Lord. When we come into the sanctuary, the sanctuary has been consecrated. It is holy unto the Lord. The songs that we are singing are to be holy unto the Lord. The worship service uh, is not a church uh, chiller, but it is a praise and worship service unto the Lord. It's holy unto the Lord. I wonder, do you feel that way today? That it is holy unto the Lord. That it is the most valuable asset that I have. I can have a, a number of things. And I could be very content in what I have. Could be doing very well. And I pray that you are. But at the end of the day, no one has left. Uh, hold on. Wait a minute. I I'm telling. I I'm telling. Hold, hold on. Just wait just a moment. Just, just hit pause. Hit the pause button right there. Talking to, uh, you know, I've never heard nobody tell death. Pause right there. Hold on. I've got to go to the bank and make a withdrawal. I have to make a transfer. I need to go get a cash advance. Uh, that is the, not the most valuable asset. Wait, my car, just a moment. I need to get a detail because it's going, nope. Your most valuable, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I need to, you know, in the movies that uh, the destruction of the world is about to occur and somebody is, is sitting there and they try, they're not even crooning. They're not even trying to give a persuade. They're just saying it's, it's the end of the world. I don't want to die a virgin. So, you know, it's, uh, death is right up on us. We, matter of fact, we can see the meteor uh, coming right at us, but, but we, we got a little time for a little something-something before it hit us. I, I don't want to die, you know. Where. And so you're going to commit that act and then die Instead, in the presence of God, because you thought that that would be the most valuable thing you could do instead of repenting of sin, instead of asking forgiveness, instead of begging for your soul salvation. The most valuable thing that we have and we treat it. Uh, what, what is the what did the scripture say uh, that uh, they shall not sell it, but we'll sell it. People selling all kind of stuff. Uh, they won't exchange it. People are exchanging it and, and, and going to miss out. Not realizing that the value is holy unto the Lord. My God, bless your name, Jesus. I can stop right there. We, we can just go to the altar and begin to pray and seek God. The 19th verse. 
says, and they that serve the city shall serve it out of the tribe of Israel. They that serve the city shall serve it out of the tribe. So Israel, after all of the sin that they committed, all of the atrocities, the rebellion, the hard-headedness, and uh, wanting to be like everybody else, and the profane things that they did, God said, for my name's sake, I'm going to deliver you. So that others cannot look at you and say he delivered them and then destroyed them and nobody was saved. He said, no, I'm going to, it's going to be a remnant. I'm going to save you. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to turn things around. Ooh, pastor said, turn it around. He's going to turn things around for them and their soul salvation. And plant them in the city to dwell in. A place of remembrance. And especially for those, because look at how God remembered Dan, Asher, Ephraim, Reuben, Judah, Manasseh, Jeb, Eschar. These were all the tribes of the children of Israel that they're named here in this 48th chapter. Not only are they named, but God said that as he described the city, three gates on the east, three gates on the west. There are three gates on each side of the city. And Israel's name is upon those gates. Mm -hmm. Gates are used for what? To keep something out and to keep something in. Walls are for what? Protection, keeping something out, keeping something in. The city is, as mentioned before, is limited in size. Now our limitation, as far as the size, is, uh, could be uh, imagination, may not be as large as what God actually has because uh, uh, the Bible said the meek shall inherit the earth. But if you're not meek, you're not going to inherit the earth. Uh, the meek. The meek are going to inherit the earth. You're not very meek if you're not loving your neighbor as you love yourself. You're not meek when you look at other nationalities and, and, and uh, talk about them. Oh, well, you know what? The, 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 uh, well, let me, I'll just go on and say it. Well, you know, this city used to be different until the brown skins moved here. This city was different until those dark-skinned folks started buying homes. Uh, this, this area was different, but there's some yellow folks over here now, some red folks, and, you know, there's some folks, I, I don't really know any white folks, but let's just say Anglo-Saxons. There's some Anglo-Saxons over here, you know, and they don't want to be bothered with no, listen, and there's some folks that's flying over here from other countries and they just going to come and mess things. You better watch what you say about people. The Bible said, love your neighbor 
as you love yourself. Some of them are seeking to be saved. And you know what? The, the, the problem, the, the fear that I, that I have and have had to live with uh, throughout my life, my little life and so many others, is not what folks from other countries is doing. It's what people that are standing right next to you. You have white on white crime, black on black crime, brown on brown crime, you know, yellow, yellow, you know, all of that, you have that type of crime on top of crime. People hurting their own blood, extinguishing their own bloodline. But that won't be happening in the city, not in this modern city. The Bible tells us in the 21st verse, it says, and the residue shall be of the prince on the one side and on the other of a holy obligation, oblation, excuse me, and the possession of the city over against the five and 20,000 of the oblation uh, toward the east border and the westward over against the five and 20,000 east toward the west border over against the portions of the prince. And it shall be a holy oblation and the sanctuary of the house shall be in the midst thereof. In the sanctuary, it's not going to be any, neither in the community, neither in that modern city will there be crime that I have mentioned. That's done away with. It won't be there. And so will you be there? Will you be there? Moreover, from the possession of the Levites and from the possession of the city, being in the midst of what that is the princes between the borders of Judah and the borders of, of, of Benjamin shall be for the prince. So there's royalty that's going to be in the city. What royalty? Don't you know that we are of a royal priesthood? We're a chosen generation that God has called out. Now are we the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be. If you were listening on Sunday, uh, believe it was chapter 21 that he that overcometh. Uh, when you have realized and have made up in your mind that I'm so over that. And you're not walking around holding on to that holding on to it, uh, commemorating it, walking around talking about it, uh, just dwelling on it. But you've overcome that. That he said, I'll be their God and they shall be my sons. Well, if he's kings, then don't that make you a prince? If, you, if he's king and you're his son, don't that make you royalty? Bless you, Lord God. Thank I'm you. just about done here. I just wanted to, uh, as we uh, come to the end of this chapter, as we come to the end of the book of Ezekiel, thank you, Lord God, for Jesus. saving me, for stirring up my mind, my heart, and blessing me uh, in the studying of your word. And by no means have we exhausted the book of Ezekiel. And neither will we ever exhaust the word of God. But I want you to bear in mind strongly 
that the 35th verse says, and it was round about 18,000 measures. And the name of the city from that day shall be, the Lord is there. Will you be there? The Lord's going to be there. But what about you? Will you be there? You know, if you have that mindset, as I mentioned earlier, that, uh, wow, you know, I'm, I'm going to do my best. I'm doing my best and God's going to do the rest. But, uh, you know, I had to tell the young man, you can't be, you know, you shacking up with somebody. So you're not really doing your best. Because you're not abstaining. If the Lord is going to come and there's going to be uh, two in the bed and one taken, it's certainly not going to be you. If two going to be in the field and while y'all in the field, y'all cutting up doing things that it's certainly not going to be you. Listen, we have to, we have to really place the value where it needs to be at. And so as we read the word of God, and I'm going to remind you that from Genesis to Revelation, it's all about preparation. It is about preparation. Let me say that again. It's about preparation. And so the question is, where will you be? Lord, say the same. We'll come back on Sunday and preach, preach the word of God and really just enjoy what God did for us on Sunday. Bless my soul. And you know, and I want to be where the Lord is going to be. And I hope you feel the same. And if you feel that way, be like the priest that did not go astray when the Levites and everyone else took their journey to go do what other people is doing. Oh, they doing it. I'm going to do it too. Don't be like other folks. The Bible said, few there be saved. You want to be part of the few that are going to be saved. And so let's bear that in mind. Let's not deviate from the word of God in any way, but let's embrace what God is saying unto us. And as we go into the book of Daniel, since you know we're going there, you can go ahead and start reading it. Let's remember to fast on Sunday, you know, and, and consecrate ourselves unto the Lord. Uh, bless your Lord God. This is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church. 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. I hope to see you here or to see you up there. Until then, rest in the Lord. Remember to tell somebody to tune in to the to the to listen in to the service. Uh, we're teaching from Revelation again. You know, I'm sure there's some folks that want to know what it's really about. And all right. Remember the songs featured are respectively the property of the psalmists, the artists, and of their producers. God bless you.